The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Well, a researcher based in New York's Columbia University Festival, Godwin Boateng, has done some research looking at the role of fines and jail time in changing the behavior of minibus taxi drivers. And, you know, we can just drive, there isn't a day that I drive to work and I don't experience, (laughs) I don't have um, an an experience with a taxi driver, whether you're being overtaken, um, whether it's just the, you know, the immediate stopping in front of you without any indication that it's going to stop. So there's different types of behavior that has led to taxi drivers being described as reckless. Uh, We often see them breaking the rules of the road. But the big question is, does the stick of the law help in boosting compliance in the industry. So often we'll see these operations by the police, whether it's the Metro Police, we'll also have the National Road Enforcement uh, get involved, you know, Operation Okai Molawo and all sorts of things. You'll see politicians out on highways, out on streets, clamping down. Um, just not uh, not just on taxi drivers, but also those that um, are driving unroadworthy vehicles. Thousands of people get arrested during these sting operations. Uh, some of them end up in jail. But the question is, does the stick of the law then influence the kind of compliance rates that we're seeing in the industry? And the research that Festival Godwin Boateng has done is based on Ghana. It's not based on South Africa. But I found um, what he was looking at quite interesting. And I thought it actually applied to our daily situation. And the argument that he makes is that there are structural factors that lead to why taxi drivers operate as recklessly as they do. And some of these reasons that he's provided include exploitative labor relations between the car owners and the drivers. So that relationship has a direct bearing then on um, what we're seeing happen on the road. Police corruption, he's identified that as one of the key drivers as well. And more than anything, he is positing this you know the, this argument that life is a daily struggle for many taxi drivers and until those power relations are somewhat equaled out we won't ever see a change of behavior so therefore punishing the taxi driver themselves and their marshal who is in the car is not the answer if in fact you're going to get true change you're going to have to take the battle to the owners to the associations as well to explore this issue with me is Ufenza Mukwena. He's a transport economist. Ufenza, good morning. Morning. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on uh, for our thinking point today. So on the issue and, and the argument that is being made by this New York researcher about why taxi drivers are as reckless as they are, that it's not necessarily a case of them being bad drivers, them deliberately wanting to endanger lives, but they're trapped in a system that doesn't afford them the opportunity to do anything else because ultimately they have to be concerned with how much money they have at the end of the day at whatever cost. Yes, of course, there are always two sides to to these types of arguments. And the... The evidence in South Africa at least dates back to 2012, where 
some um, consultants did investigate the impact of drivers earning a stable income mm. and or predictable income and how that affects their driving behavior. We've, we've been seeing this type of work coming from the Western Cape for a while. And it's very clear that um, with a stable income, the driver behavior changes because the urgency to chase passengers um, is reduced significantly. And therefore, mm. the competition on the route itself um, within the operators so um, becomes less prevalent and thus the, the, tra- the driving behavior or right, the acceleration and deceleration rates and the headways so or the spaces between the vehicles um, actually start to improve and stabilize. Is it possible to introduce that level of stability in the industry? Because ultimately it comes down to having more formal labor relations perhaps than what already exists in the industry right now. Well, in 2003, um, Jane um, Barrett, I think, of the International Labour Organization, wrote a very interesting report which did find that um, the the efforts from Satau in particular to unionize the minibus taxi industry were facing challenge, challenges, mm-hmm. but the, the results, if it was going to, you know, get through, um, the results were, were going to be substantially transformative. And it's quite interesting that you ask this, because if you look at the road freight industry, um, they have a bargaining council. If you look at the passenger transport industry, especially the bus transport market, they have a bargaining council. So labor representation is substantial and it's quite prevalent. Mm. Whereas in the minibus taxi industry, as a significant employer, um, and obviously an, an, an entrepreneurial estate, so to speak, it doesn't have the same type of um, unionization practices. Is the relationship between taxi drivers and taxi owners one that is automatically exploitative in nature? Well, that is, that's a very difficult uh, question to answer. It would require a lot of research and obviously generalization. Mm-hmm. But one, ca- one uh, piece of evidence that we do have is that there is a difference between what the driver earns and what the owner thinks the driver earns, right? So, so that gap is, is really an important gap, especially for, for reform. Um, and also especially for, you know, the wage conversation that, mm. that, that many people would want to have after reading this type of article. But then it, the, the challenge, however, is that remember that reckless driving also contributes to the way in which the vehicle is utilized, the cost of maintenance, and it has various ripple effects. And there have been some technologies that were introduced for owners to be able to monitor their operators driving behavior through telematics and i think that's a quick lock code um and 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 the platform is quite interesting even after robot was also introducing the same type of technology all of them in south africa um but that hasn't proliferated unlike what you see in the road freight industry where telematics are part and parcel of 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 general operations for the purposes of monitoring Mm -hmm. The, the use of the vehicle. So so at this point then, what is it going to take to transform the taxi industry? Well, that's a complicated question mm. because um, 
who who wants to transform what and 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 what does transformation mean you know from the state perspective from society's perspective and also from the industry's perspective as owners operators marshals and and you know and so on so it's a very complex question um but it, in general transformation in the evidence that exists has been associated with reform and reform has always meant integration with other public transport modes mm. and from an education perspective training and education perspective it has also meant professionalization um and then from a from an arbitration perspective it it it, it public transport has been leaning well at some point it was leaning into the essentialization space so transformation can take all these different um pathways and and the last one would be cap- real capital accumulation which means um wealth generation for the tax industry and associations through ownership and access to real estate and um other forms of commercial access um beyond their political and administrative um mm-hmm. structures right now in the form of taxi associations why can't they be corporate um organizations or companies that participate directly in the market in a way that we are familiar with at least from a legislative perspective mm-hmm. even though in real life we know that um we we interact with the industry <laughs> in a formal way. Mm-hmm. Ofensa Mukwena is a transport economist. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today and exploring some of these issues with me. How important do you think it is for us to reshape the way in which the taxi industry is structured? And you know, it's interesting that the research that uh, Ofensa was just sharing with us there shows that if there is a stable income, then that has a direct impact on the kind of driver behavior that you see out on the roads and as a driver I would certainly want a situation where I could predict the behavior of you know some of the the, the taxis around me uh, do you think that 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 would fundamentally change the experience um that we have um and again it's based on this research that was looking at the role of fines and jail time in changing the behavior of minibus taxi drivers and the research actually finding that um you know it 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 doesn't help it doesn't change behavior to clamp down on people to arrest them to give them exorbitant fines if anything it only puts them under more pressure than they were before that's the research of course and i know some of you will say well it's just an excuse um, that you know the behavior is very much controlled and that if people really wanted to change it they could but i'll be taking your calls on 011 714 2006 on the sms line it's 41391 and on whatsapp